Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. I am your host, Chris Eaton. Alrighty, this uh, episode you're about to listen to comes from uh, one of our stops uh, during Jessica and I's summer vacation, if you will. This episode was recorded in the sacred halls of the San Diego Comic-Con in San Diego, California, back in July. Uh, this was a, uh, a nice mixture of guests we had. Um, and uh, just a fair fair warning, uh, a couple of them were a little bit of soft speakers, um, and so you might have a you know a little bit of difficult time uh, understanding what they're saying. Uh, we did too. Just fair warning, that's all. Uh, but they were still uh, fun guests to have, and we're looking to get them on one on one in in a few months, hopefully. Uh, and uh, you get, also, when I record these things live, usually I just use my handy-dandy little Sony recorder. Uh, it's pretty good at getting just about everything in the room. But uh, when you have, like, a large hall that we were in, uh, when we when we do these panels, they're usually, like, in the uh, – they do them in a the library. And uh, it's um, more of, like, a study hall kind of, a, like, a setting where um, lectures would be done. So there's, uh, there's a lot of acoustics. Um, so, again – Please bear with us on this episode, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. It's been, it was rather interesting and eye-opening and a little fun. And uh, I think we got one more from the archives for the next show, and then Jessica and I should be back mid-October with uh, new episodes one-on-one, and uh, maybe we got some great guests lined up. So uh, until then, enjoy our adventures at the San Diego Comic-Con. So, all right, well, we're going to get started because we are a couple minutes late. So, my name is Jessica Sang, and this is Chris, my co-host. Oh, we're going to share one microphone. We're going to be we're going to be very intimate. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah. How's it going, guys? Thank you. Thank you. So, we are the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast. This is our annual San Diego panel. How many of you have been here before? All right, cool. <laughs> we have. We also have returning panelists. Oh. Fantastic. Oh, my. I may need a wireless mic if there's one, if that's okay. So here at the Kaiju Kingdom Podcast, we've been really, really blessed to have amazing guests in the past. And so to start off, we will wait for Darnell to... Oh, hi, Darnell. No worries. He was getting his badge, so you can't fault him. We want to make sure he gets into the convention all great. So... Yes, you're going to sit right here if you don't mind. So. I know, now that I've got it. So, Darnell, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Oh, Hello. So, Good. I believe that we actually have your, your images up there. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit quickly of what you, why you felt that you had, we felt you had the credentials to be on this panel. So tell us a little bit more about kind of your involvement in the Kaiju universe? I don't know if I have the credentials to be honest, but uh, I'm a a designer. I've been working in uh, film for 15 years. I'm one of the lead designers at Legacy Effects, and so we were 
Oh, my bad. Sorry. I'm, no, okay. <laughs> I'm a soft speaker, even with the microphone. <laughs> I um, I've designed a lot of kaiju. Actually, I've worked on the first Pacific Rim and the second Pacific Rim, and did a bunch of designs on that as well. Uh, I got very lucky to be able to work on uh, the two legendary Godzilla films. Um, in the last film, I was uh, one of the key artists to design all the stages of Mothra and worked a little bit on Ghidorah as well. So it was kind of a lot of fun. And, yeah. and you brought us some goodies that we're going to be seeing a little bit. Yes. So, um, Eric Hollick, how are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Yes, so we have him on here because you are the first and foremost expert on... Akira Kube, the uh, composer, the original composer of the Godzilla series. I work uh, directly with the late composers of state to uh, run a website called akira.kube.org. It's an official website that traces the entire history of this composer. He's considered one of the four original creators of the entire Godzilla genre, along with producer from Yuki Tanaka, director uh, Ishiro Honda, and the special effects director Yuki Tsuburaya. So I've been working on compiling the biography and information about Mr. Yuki for many years, and if you saw the recent Godzilla from the Monsters film, the composer Barry McCreary uh, received permission from Toe to use um, Mr. Yuki original Godzilla themes throughout the soundtrack. So uh, this is my second time being here at your Kaiju Kingdom panel, and I'm very happy to be back. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. So I apologize, I wasn't trying to be able to get myself away. Every once I wear my badges. So I just want to make sure they're all okay. And <laughs> so and we know how important a badge is to get into Comic-Con. So uh, we actually have a, also a gentleman all the way flew in from Japan. Hiroshi Kanatani, how are you? And Monica is, is amazing, and she's going to translate for him. So, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, history, a history Japanese comic artist. Uh, so, for uh, my question, is so limited. And uh, so, uh, thank you for uh, listening to listen my uh, experience. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not only does he hail from the great country where Toho is at, but also you are the first kaiju manga artist to also infiltrate Taiwan and have a manhua, is how we say it, a manga book over there. So to get started, Darnell, I think we're all waiting to see your images. Can you tell us a little bit more? Are you able to see them from here? Yes. Okay, can you tell us a little bit more about your images? Uh, sure. Um, so this was... Um no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have important things to say. <laughs> Working um, in design, uh, probably some of you guys are artists here, you know, the process uh, tends to be with a lot of amazing artists, and um, you all go through many different uh, phases of approval. This is much later in the phase uh, of approval, so this is what Mothra looks like in the final film. I don't know how many of you have seen uh, King of Monsters. It's actually a little bit hard to see her clearly because of all the effects and everything going around. But um, the, um, so this is just one of the images that I did to get her final look approved as far as how much uh, hair and all that stuff that they want to have on her. That's what that is. We have our beautiful AV people who help us in our room would love to hear. They would like speaking to the mic because people in the back want to hear all the important things. You got a great voice, we want to hear it. Yes, you do, you have a beautiful voice. 
boys who want to hear it. I've been working in the industry for a long time, and every pitch meeting I'm in, no one can hear me. The guy <laughs> interview for the uh, magazine, he could not hear me at all, so he had a recorder, left his recorder because he completely forgot that it was even close to me. I'll try hard. My apologies. Um, so that's that's that image. That's Waffler's face. Um, you can hold the mic. Hold on. Oh, there you go. So now, now you can turn and speak. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, Chris. For the design process, you have to do so many different uh, images. These are very clean images. We, I also, um, you have um, images that you do for kind of to sell the mood of the character and the images just to sell the character so that they can clearly understand what it is that they're looking at. How far in the process was this? Most of the images that I brought are pretty close to final. So, so for instance, you guys are kind of the base layout, but you kind of show the more advanced scene, like, is that what, like, the closet already? Yes, all of that is already established. Yes, correct, right. fine-tuning at this point, because all the notes that we get, we, we wanted to, um, the very first passes, that I should have brought some of those, but they, um, the very first passes I did looked exactly like Wapra. And the um, yes, it looks uh, <laughs> just like Walter. I mean, I, I as a concept artist, I always feel that it should be what fans want to see, you know, and what fans generally want to see is what the original image is, you know. Within and within Hollywood, it's always tricky because you want to update design and change and you know bring something more to it. So it was a challenge with Walter, with, with, with Ghidorah, with Rodan. We were able to pretty much translate them directly, just adding a little more details and things. But um, Mothra, they wanted her to be able to hold her own against those monsters and feel like she could fight at every stage. So we had to make her feel a little more aggressive, but the tricky thing with Mothra is that she's always, in all the Godzilla films, Godzilla switches from good and bad, but Mothra is always good. So the challenge was to make her feel intimidating, but also still feel that you could trust her and make, make sure that she did not feel scary. So it was a little bit of a challenge, but no, let me see. So every image always tried to make sure that her face and all of that felt gentle, you know. Um, this image is a grayscale image. We were just, there was a series of turnarounds again, because as a designer, I am a designer and not a CG artist, so I don't do animation. I just design the characters and then those models are then sent over to the CG teams to start the animation process later. So, um, so most of these images, again, are clean images just so that the CG people knew what they were getting, you know, and also that the um, directors and the production artists down the line knew what they were getting. Now, a question. When you were doing Mothra, was there, uh, you started originally with the as close to the as possible. Now, the original, uh, the first legendary film which was Mutos, which is their prehistoric insect, was there a push to keep that kind of, there's a slight universal, like one of the large legs, and such. Was that, was that one of the pushes to keep it with Mothra as well? Yes, actually it was, yes. Oh, okay. They, they wanted, um, because the, uh, production designer worked on the first film and the, um, that design sense uh, is kind of part of his style you know, yeah. so like he liked those angles and lines and heights and things yeah. like that. Is it those films that established the democracies he has a synagogue that you look at as a lot of the movie has a uh, parasitic it's very uh, mock-patrick and, mm. and almost it's 
So this is an interesting thing when I was watching the company. So it's good to hear that, that you know, that kind of thought should be put in these terms. I wanted to know, everyone has their badges, by the way, for those watching the update. Um, are these the first time everybody in here are going to be seeing your images? Kind of like an exclusive? That's probably. They, oh, okay. Probably. They, they, they did, I did a couple of interviews with um, Cinefax and a couple other things, but they use Cinefax generally chooses images directly from the film. And so we, and I actually don't post many images ever just because throughout production things change so much so every film you work on it's the designs that you start with generally are never the designs that you finish with so there's so much in between that changes so generally the images like even these images I actually had to get approval to be able to show to you guys uh, just I think again because when you watch them in the film it's very hard to see everything clearly so it's um so the images they want to make sure are not something that was before choices were made and you know but, but so these are images of um yeah. her. Yes. And same, you know, uh, they even with the law reform they wanted to make sure that she felt aggressive enough to defend herself and that's the images that you saw in the movie but the mandate was to make sure that Mothra never hurt anyone so that's why if, if for those who saw the film she just kind of webbed everyone against the wall just to make sure that they could not attack her but she never actually kills anyone because again Mothra is a good guy you know. so we had to make her feel even in the larva stage aggressive here's, but here's, here's the yes yes <laughs> This is just an image of her with her wings. The wings went through so many different uh, changes as far as size and shape, um, patterns. Um, to, with, and the, there were a series of artists that did a lot of the different patterning for her wings. Um, I can't take credit for the final pattern that was done by a different artist. The, um, but they wanted to make sure that you know, it translated with Godzilla's eyes. Those were all the different things on the wings. Um, that they want to make sure that it carried across from the original to this version and also just within the hierarchy of all the monsters in the universe. And it was kind of more Yes, uh, we always kept trying to push the original color scheme even because especially with uh, face, eye colors, uh, patterns, pattern, and all of those things. Just to try to make sure that when you looked at her you felt that that was Mothra and not something different. So, is that, is that, I don't know how many lovely images you have for us. Is that the last one? This might be the last one. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, this is the image of her on the building. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Thank that you. was her on the building? Yeah. <laughs> Walked her on the building. Yeah, one of the key moments of the film. So we saw kind of the creature design and aspect from the film, but I know a lot of my friends who love the film throughout got very excited when they heard the swell of music that was also kind of rearranged by Bear McCreary at the part where you saw Fire Godzilla come and you start to see him melt the buildings that are next to, what that he's standing on top of there. And I have friends who are like, you know, the music suddenly hit me and I felt really emotional. I love the music throughout the film, but at that moment it really meant something to me, almost like I'm going back to the originals. Can you, Eric, can you say a little bit more about the music, how it went along with the film, the way he had arranged it for Akira, and just 
because you spoke so highly of it and you really loved it. So talk about it from like a composer and musician's point of view. Yeah, I think the music, the original, well, Bear McCreary's original music for the film is absolutely spectacular, I think. He did, for, uh, for Godzilla and Mothra, he actually reused two of the original themes that were done by two different composers, of course, the Godzilla theme by Akira Kube and the, the Mothra theme by Yuji Koseki. Uh, but Bear said that he wanted to do original new themes for Rodan and King Ghidorah, and I, I especially really like his music for, for Rodan. I think that, that music is pretty awesome. So kind of ahead of each is it a little bit of different You know, I think it does, and in fact, because it, I'm a real nut for classical music. Uh, in the film, Rodan comes out of a volcano in Mexico, and with you know, the use of the uh, percussion and some of the brass, it reminded me actually of a Mexican composer called Sylvester Revueltas, and I, I'm hoping that I'll be able to meet with Bear tomorrow, and I'm going to ask him about that, because I, I wonder if there was some influence there. But yeah, the use of the, the original Godzilla theme, you know, everyone knows of the da 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 uh, and the film was absolutely very, very well done. I was so hoping when the, original, when the first uh, film in the MonsterVerse came out in 2014 that the composer for that film, Alexander Desplat, would, would have used the theme he did and he decided to do all the original music, which of course is fine. But in my eyes, I feel like this theme is so married to the, to the character. I mean, you can't have a Star Wars film without that music. You can't have a James Bond film without that music. So I was very gratified that that Mr. McCreary did that, and uh, as I mentioned at the start, in working with the late composer's family, the day it came out, the, the, the day that Godzilla King the Monsters was released was May 31st, which also happens to be the birthday of the composer after Edith Kubin. And he, the composer's son said that he went to a cinema in downtown Tokyo to watch it, and he was very pleased, actually, with the way that Barry McCreary handled his father's music in the film. He thought that it, it sounded great, so, um, yeah, Mr. Kiwami Kube, the composer's son, is very happy about it. Well, I mean, that's kind of funny, because I believe there's a story, but it's not going wrong, but there's a story where you guys know just about it, you know? Yes. And they did that, that kind of sick rock music. That's right. And Mr. Kube was almost, like, taking the back of the guy, he's like, you guys are going to do it, I'll come back and do it, the, the next film, just... Yeah, that's the one instance that I know of where his music, his Godzilla theme was used in a film, but what they did was, the film was made in 1989, so it's got kind of this, you know, funky bass kind of funk sound to it. Kennedy? I'm sorry. Have you ever seen Godzilla vs. Bionicate? So you know the scene in the opening when the soldiers are rushing to Paris and playing that, and the funny music is like a weird, almost 80s, bonky version of it. Yeah, the composer was quite displeased with that because he was a very traditional classical musician and he thought that the, the, the appropriation of his theme in that way was completely inappropriate. So he was uh, quite vocal in some interviews about how displeased he was that how his music was treated in that film. But like I said, you know, for, for this film, and, and, a, and a friend of mine also, uh, Reiko Yamada, who is a concert pianist, she was a student of the composer. She saw the film too and also thought that it was extremely well handled, as did I. I, I think that there was the, the right guy for the job. It's, um, it would be very easy to take that, that iconic music and, and change it up a little too much. You, you monkey around with something too much and then it, it loses what made it special in the first place. And he had just the right amount of keeping the original 
and uh, changing it to uh, to give it a, a fresh new sound for uh, audiences in 2019. So I think he did a fantastic job, and so did the family. Oh, the chants. The chants is the... Yeah, the Buddhist chants, yeah, for the Zora theme, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I heard, I think a lot of the Turkey, the Louis version of the Yeah, I thought the soundtrack was great. I, I mean, I, I don't say this just because I'm a fan, but I, I really hope that it... I would love to see it get an Academy Award nomination. I don't know if it will. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan. I, I really think the score was that good. I think he's a very original composer. I think he's got excellent ideas. He's got excellent taste. So I'll keep my fingers crossed, but I, I, think, I think he would deserve that if, uh, if it goes that way. So far, I've always seen the music game that really has a score that stood out. And even the Avengers Endgame didn't really have past the Avengers team, which is, you know, you're, it's a fine, it's an okay score, but it doesn't grab you. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of modern day film scores do sound too similar. Um, you know, even and, and Godzilla 2014, the, the French composer Alexander Desplat, and even though he didn't reuse any of the, the original themes of that, you know, that, that music is also very highly distinctive and highly original. So I think so far the Godzilla series has has had the American Godzilla series has had some pretty good composers. They've they've done very well finding the right people for the job. I think. So, Hiroshi, we know that the creature design is so well-received, people love it, and also Eric talked about how much people enjoyed Brad McCreary's, you know, original arrangement, even the family of the original composer was very happy with how it is. We, how well was the film loved and well-received from friends over that you have in Japan? Resonates with Japan, but also fans from all around the world. 
Because there was a while where there wasn't any new films. But yet everyone knows the character. Everyone knows, you know, the people that played with them, the name of the suit actors. What keeps this franchise alive? What makes it so popular? Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, the original was released, was released in, in uh, 19, uh, 1954, you know. Uh, now to uh, the uh, King of Monster this year, uh, it, it's been for uh, 65 years. It, it's uh, one of the longest running uh, film uh, franchise in history. And uh, uh, it become an uh, international, uh, international pop culture icon. So uh, the original Godzilla surprise, uh, a new nuclear purpose a nuclear purpose from Japan perspective as a strong metaphor for nuclear weapons. So um, the tema was for the terror of the bomb. Um, after the, the original Godzilla after uh, Akira Takarada, uh, Takarada always talking about it uh, every, at every convention. So, um, the, um, the theme uh, of original Godzilla uh, instead of welcome, uh, I mean, uh, impressed on others. At the same time, uh, the kaiju, uh, mysterious uh, big monster, is always the children enjoy. And, uh, so from the uh, middle of the uh, history of the uh, Godzilla film, uh, it became for children movie. But uh, adults can uh, back to the uh, theme of the uh, original Godzilla, uh, always. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, so, from the middle of, uh, uh, okay, uh, and, and, uh, okay uh, and recently, uh, the Godzilla film has their own human drama and their own uh, entertainment element, I think. So, uh, from, from child to adult, uh, all generations can enjoy the uh, Godzilla film. Uh, also, uh, the Godzilla fans who watch the entire uh, all grow up, uh, they are still uh, Godzilla fans, uh, like, like me. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, like a Batman fan, and uh, like a Superman fan, uh, maybe similar. Uh, many old age still like Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla cover all generations, I think. Oh, yeah, that's so, a good point. Uh, the late Godzilla welcome in Japan and uh, all over the world so long is, um, I think, uh, such an old generation can enjoy the character. And uh, also, oh, I think uh, the design is wonderful. Oh, the, the design is very awesome, uh, like that. Like, like, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, simple, original design is simple and scary, I think. So, uh, uh, those design changes by age, uh, um, no, design and uh, story, uh, stories uh, change by age. Uh, but, uh, Godzilla can invest to everybody strongly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And in fact, really quickly, I would say that when the composer's son, when the composer Dr. Kube went to see the opening of Godzilla King of the Monsters in Tokyo, 
It was on a Friday, it was May 31st, so it was weekday. He said, the majority of the people there must have been in their 60s and, and their 70s, a lot of old-timers like him, and he said, this just proves that you know, these, these were people that were fans right from the beginning, and they continue to come and see these movies. They, you know, you can be in your 70s and still come be excited to come and see these movies. So he was very impressed by the amount of old-timers that were at the theater. Yeah. So, and Darnell, what to you feels like this franchise has lasted for so long? Do you see it from a fan perspective of the story, or more bias like the design? <laughs> I, I definitely am a fan. You know, I have a, uh, for people who know me, I have a three-year-old son. And he's, oh, sorry. <laughs> I have a, for those who know me, I have a three-year-old son. And from the very beginning, like, I didn't have to, he doesn't understand that I, he understands that I work on films, but he did not understand that I was working on this movie. But he just liked the characters. I mean, we started, I think, the first Godzilla film that he saw was um, the uh, 1997 uh, Godzilla movie. Oh, yeah. We'll just stop with it. And then, uh, actually, when he watched it about 100 times, you know, he was just watching it over and over. Then we went to watch Shin Godzilla, and he was, like, fell in love. And then after that, he watched every single Godzilla film, listened to the soundtrack everywhere I jogged, which has become a little bit annoying. Soundtrack's amazing. <laughs> put Godzilla on, Dad. Put Godzilla on. I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, so I think, for me, it is something that is generational. You know, like, it's just as a fan, no matter what your age is, you love the impact that this big monster has. And he always looks and he's like, Godzilla, good guy. He says it over and over and over. So it's like, I think that generations will continue, whether it's like that you said, the, and the design will change. And... Yeah. The approach from the story will change, but the character is the same. Yeah. And so for a more specific question for you, what was it like to see your work come to life? In our audience, we actually have TJ Storm. Raise your hand. He's like, he's there. He was on our panel last year. He is the performance capture for Godzilla, for both legendary films. So he's in our audience. And feel free to say hi to him afterwards. But you get to see all the work that you put come to life. Darnell, what is it like to see all of your work finally hit the big screen? Uh, it's always um, humbling, you know, honestly. It's like you watch, you do artwork for movies and as a, as a career, as a profession. I'm sure all of you, whether it's music or art or, or dance, um, when you can do that as a job, it is just pure love and joy. You can do it all day, every day. So for me, every opportunity is humbling and every opportunity just makes me proud you know, and happy. So that's such like a sweet and kind answer. So thankful <laughs> in the industry, Maybe which sweet. we need more of in the entertainment industry. And Eric, what is your favorite part of the film? My favorite part of King of the Monsters Wow, there were some there were some truly spectacular parts, and I, what comes to mind immediately is the scene in which uh, Doctor Serizawa goes underwater to explode the bomb, so Godzilla is reinvigorated, and of course he comes up at the, the side of the submarine, and that that again I reference back to the music that great music is playing. But I also I, I have to say I really love the initial fight between uh, Godzilla and King Ghidorah in Antarctica. That was that was pretty exciting, you know. King Ghidorah comes out of the ice. He's uh, he's attacking all of the 
the puny humans, and then Godzilla comes to save the day. Just a really, really beautifully done scene, and I especially love, it's a fleeting moment, but there's a scene where you see the full moon, and Godzilla sort of rises against the full moon, and I thought that was just a beautiful shot. I have to say, I really love the use of, of, of color throughout the film. There's a lot of great photography, a lot of great color. Um, it was, uh, you know, compared to the 2014 film, this one was, was much, uh, much pulpier, more colorful, more, uh, I suppose for lack of a better word, comic bookish, but the great, great colors and the great dramatic images. So, uh, Rodan coming out of Volcano was also spectacular. Um, yeah, and just the use of color in the locations, you know, Mothra's in China, uh, the Antarctic scenes, there's a lot of really chilly, chilly blues and things in, in, the, in the Antarctic base, so, yeah, the, uh, it's hard for me to pick a favorite moment, but I think when Godzilla uh, is resurrected, that was, pretty, that was pretty breathtaking. What I love about the franchise is that if you love the Japanese films, you have those, if you love the American films, you have those, if you want to love both, there's both of them. Hiroshi, yeah. uh, Monica, if you could help. How does he feel the main differences between the Japanese and the American films? Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, I focus the story. The American story is related with. Uh, Family, family, and uh, family or uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, lovers. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Japanese story is a, the, uh, kind of related uh, with jobs. Yes. Yes. So. Um, you know, yeah. You know, uh, Shingojira. Uh, always uh, watch, watch, watch. Everybody watch. Job, job, job. <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, kind of Japanese style. <laughs> so, uh, American style always uh, take care of family. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a uh, maybe a big, uh, uh, big, uh, big, big, uh, no, no, big different, different from uh, uh, the Godzilla movie. <laughs> I think. So real quick, uh, because we've got, as well, we're to suspend that for a second. So we've got one more movie coming, we've got Congress and coming. What do you want to see of that? Like, what, what's coming in your head, especially after watching the last one? These are, these are not spoilers. These no, are, no, no. as fans, what they hope to see. We always sit around, so we'll shoot that little coming out. I'm like, yeah, by the way, what is a, um, if you want to go to Congress and fight, you can find anything in the political film. Which is actually exceptionally wild. I love this. So, you know, what, what, you know, let's stand up for a second. What do we have going on here? What do you guys see? Well, I can't talk about it because I wasn't there. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> we'll you guys can talk about it. <laughs> but maybe he'll take suggestions. <laughs> no, uh, me personally, I'd love to see some real, real rough and tumble hand to hand combat because with a monster like uh, King Ghidorah, uh, Godzilla and King Ghidorah can blast each other with their with their atomic rays. Well, in Ghidorah's case, the gravity beams, but in Godzilla's case, the atomic rays from a distance. You know, Kong is a much more you know get in there and fisticuffs kind of monster. 
So I'd love to see some some real hand-to-hand combat between Kong and Godzilla. That'd be a pretty cool fight to watch, I think. So you think Kong's going to fight Mecha King? Mecha King, yeah. Mecha King? Uh, no, no, no. Mecha, uh, King Kidora, yes. Mecha Godzilla, and Godzilla. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a three-way. Okay, I see. A three-way fight. I can see yeah. that. Oh, wow. You went all out. <laughs> Lots of hope. Um, not, not in the state. In the earth. Oh, on Earth, not in space. You don't want. Why do you not want it in space? Uh, okay, uh, Godzilla. This guy, Godzilla, doesn't want to go to space. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, do you have any questions? Yes. Do you have any questions? Do we have any other questions out there? So, everybody is so. They're so interested in what. Oh, yes, you have a question? Yes, yes. Kind of going off from uh, the, the comment about not it being in space, I mean, the whole idea of Ghidorah not part of the natural order coming from space, mm-hmm. what are the odds that we might see other monsters, other race, other monsters coming from space? I'm thinking of like Gigan or even Space Godzilla. What are the odds? I mean, and then how would that be done in a very serious manner? Because if aliens can be. The whole alien thing can be done seriously or can be done. We can't. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so just yeah, to have it done well. Well, it did either pretty well. The fact that he can conjure storms and we go free to head. I mean, that's, at that point, you know, you're kind of throwing some logic out the window. I mean, the fact that there's these massive creatures, you're throwing a little bit of logic out the window. So, yeah. So I think I think Eric and Hiroshi can probably answer that question better. Uh, what what do you think the odds are? You know, I I don't know. I mean, clearly I'm not not an insider like of course, perhaps some of course. the people in this room, but I, I think that I remember reading an interview with the uh, director of King of Monsters, uh, Mike Doherty, that he was interested in including at some point in the future maybe a monster like Gigan. If, if for those of you in the audience are, you know, and of course Gigan is a space monster, and Gigan is, is a pretty popular monster in Japan too, so. With the director making that comment in passing, it almost makes me wonder if 
guiding could be the next space monster that makes an appearance. Of course, I, I have I have no idea. That's just simple fan speculation on my part. Yeah, I, I'm actually I'm actually cool to not bring any more Toho creatures in there. I mean, they're clearly setting their own universe. I mean, like, I kind of love that man with design. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, 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 as much as we have a million studios trying to make a million franchises right now, they, they all kind of, like, suffer from very degrees. I think so far, Legendary's kind of hit the nail on the head. They, they have one kind of play modern, and each one is kind of its own thing. This, this last one was tremendous because to me. It was like, they, they're the closest to the Dad Marvel's God's look in many aspects. I mean, the armor was pretty much the, the freaking helicarrier, and, you know, you pick some to be dumb and nugget, and, you know, crazy, you know, science, science control stuff going on there. But, you know, they're, they're doing it right. Each one is doing something thing where Universal tried to get, you know, their Universal monsters off the ground, and that was diving the, into the ocean pretty quick. So, I'm happy to see where the fact that people are coming out of this stuff that it is. It's hitting a nerve. People are enjoying it, so. Yeah. So Hiroshi, what is the ch- he asked, what are the chances you think we're going to see a space kaiju into the film? Because we already saw King Gira, so what do you think the chances are? And how it could be done well? Uh,あの、可能性は多いなと思います。え、そして、え、ま、地球の怪獣がもう絶滅した後はもうあの宇宙から I think that the chance is likely since once they run out of monsters to introduce from Earth, they'll have to bring some of them to That was very pragmatic. <laughs> That's very true. I have a question. I asked all our panels, especially that, especially some of us in here. What is the one, what's the movie that was the bug that started it off? Started the session, started it off? Which Godzilla film made you fall in love with your friend? It was something that just opened the door. You know, everything's a game. Just start down the line. What's the worst? I'll go first. Darnell, you got your son into it, so let's learn about you. The studio I work for is currently Legacy of Flex. It used to be Stan's studio. Stan passed away and changed the name. So all of the movies, I've, since I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be a designer. Right now, one of the lead designers at that studio. I wanted to work at that studio, working on those movies, working with those monsters. And I've been very fortunate to have that career. The Every movie that they've made from Terminator, Predator, um, Aliens, it's all kind of impressed me as a child, you know, from their design aspect. I've never been a fan of gore and, um, like, zombie movies, but I like to see pure aesthetic of creature design, like his work and so many of the amazing designs, even from Japanese cinema, Japanese animations, the, the approach that they take to designing creatures as characters. So all of those movies, honestly, have impressed me and made me want to get into that film. Eric, what about you? Uh, for me, I think the first Godzilla movie I saw would have been Godzilla 1985 when it came out on video. So I was, I would have been like kindergarten, first grade, second grade. I was, uh, I gotta give props to my mom because when I was like a first grader, she would have to go to the video store and rent movies like Ghoulies and Troll and all these movies for me. And I loved them as a kid. But I, 
the first one I saw was Godzilla 1985, but I think the, the movie, the first movie that really made me a fan was I had a VHS tape of King Kong vs. Godzilla. And I watched that movie so, so, so many times, and I never got sick of it. I'm, I'm still not sick of it. And I would, I would list that even today as one of my favorite Godzilla films, period. But for me, I'd say the 62 King Kong vs. Godzilla. Was it that toy dress? Yes, it was the, yeah, yeah, with the, with the, the like blue, that's it, that's the one. Yeah. 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 My first Godzilla movie, the uh, most body is in the uh, uh, 64. Uh, most of the most of most of the most of the most of the I said it's a uh, first movie and uh, my favorite movie. Uh, and the design, the Godzilla design is very good. Uh, so, uh, uh, each Godzilla movie has a good point, bad point, uh, you know, you all know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe um, the favorite Godzilla, all, all people will discuss, <laughs> very discuss. So, if I have the choice, uh, most of the past is going to be And that's the thing. Like, for here in America, I don't have to play on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's how everyone knows my little things in the songs. Because one of the main things would be like, you know, everyone knows that song, but there's, there's the fact that you need to select the characters. People are like, yeah, I don't want her. I know he was a big dragon, and I know where I get like, it's something you drop like, I don't know what's wrong with but I haven't been back to that. But Monica, yeah, those, especially that, that was one I think brings through a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a question over there. Yes. I have a question for Darnell. Um, I'm curious how long it takes you to, to design a creature like Mothra. Um, it depends. The time frame really is determined by the production. It doesn't take you too long to design anything. Takes a long time to come up with a design that someone wants. That works actually. You work for other people, so it's, you're trying to create their vision. So it can be very quick or it can take months. It depends on how clear their vision is to them. So, do we have any questions? Like this gentleman, this gentleman, and that gentleman. So we may have to lightning round it because we have about five minutes. Yes, we'll start with you first and that gentleman and that gentleman. This question is for Darnell. (laughs) I would like, uh, can you quickly describe your concept art process? Um, Quickly, it's uh, usually it's a very rough sketch. I generally work, I'm a traditional artist, so uh, it started as a sculpture. So generally, we'll start as a rough sketch and then uh, it will then go from that to a rough 3D sculpt, and then from there it just begins to refine itself all the way down to the final uh, painting. Depending. Yes, for you, what's your question? Um, 
After Godzilla vs. Kong, whether it's um, Legendary or Toho, is there any guesses as to what would be next? Probably both. I mean, the fact that Shin Godzilla may just talk about the size of Godzilla in all time now. Uh, as long as people keep seeing these legendary films, I guarantee those are going to keep going. I mean, Toho and Legendary are shown that they can work together. I mean, as much as a lot of people, you know, get like those anime films, they're still being produced, so, you know, the characters are pretty much alive. And at the same time, you know, it's, we're really living in a golden age. You're getting an American film and an anime film at the same time. There was never a film in my childhood that I would have seen any remotely to that. And I think I'm not even glad to see Captain America in the movie series either, so. I mean, we're here at the Nerds on the face of the planet, and we're all enjoying just this renaissance right now. So, I mean, you know, I, I hope everyone appreciates it, because there's a point we could all just disappear overnight. We could come back soon, and then everyone's, you know, people back to, like, the end, like, it's, uh, like, you know, like, just embrace it, enjoy it, you know. It, as long as it's here, as long as you don't, just, you know, keep paying to see it. So, and yeah, last question. Uh, my question is for Hiroshi. I'm curious to get your take on the Japanese version of Godzilla versus the American. Because to kind of, I guess, speak frankly, the American version of Godzilla tends to be fast, and the Japanese <laughs> version of Godzilla tends to be thinner. So I'd be curious to get your take on that. Is it gen- a gen- Godzilla overall or Shin specifically? Godzilla overall. Godzilla overall, okay. American. <laughs> <laughs> Hokage is the overeaters. That's a little bit too.で、日本のゴジラはえ、ファーストゴジラがえ、アイデアだったので、え、まあ、それがちょっとずつこう時代に変化して、え、今のゴジラに変わってるわけです。で、アメリカのゴジラは基本的にえ、どういう時代で so the Japanese's first design came about and it slowly transformed into what it is today through several generations. There's, I think, the American design originally had a dragon type in mind, it's a little larger, and then became more similar to the Japanese style. だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だから、だ
turns out that Americans actually like the hay saver in the modern version of the solar. The hay saver. Yes. Why do you think it's not the hay I think because the piano man is that his body saver, so he's more powerful. So very quickly to wrap up for our our like live podcast of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast, we can be found on iTunes and Panzer Crush. Where can people find all of your work? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Darnell, where can we find your pictures? Uh, actually, it's very hard to find. <laughs> I don't post images. I'm not into social media. You can see all my work in movies. I've worked on a lot, but um, but that's about where I where it usually is. Do you put personal art? No. Just oh. just don't be shy. Show your personal original art. We would love to yeah. follow that. You know, I'm just like a super chill, low key artist. I just like <laughs> do the artwork and that's it. You know. <laughs> So Eric, I know you said the website earlier. Say it again. Yes, it's akuraifukube.org, and if you don't know how to spell that, all you need to do is just type his name, or just go to Google, type in original Godzilla composer. His name will come up, and if you do a search for his name, my website is like number one or number two that comes up in Google. So if you can't spell it, it's still pretty easy to find. え、コミュニティでフェイスブックやってます。え、あいスペースのアンディスラーとあの、そうですね、フェイスブックアリスマス。あ、ですから、フェイスブックでえ、あの、このパネルでいただいたら、皆様にお伝えします。そう、今回の